Bestsellers aplenty, memes a dime a dozen, self-help books lining the shelves of bookstores, and YouTube tutorials for every tip under the sun. And it's still never enough. Why do messages like you're the hero of your story and trust yourself ultimately still lead to anxiety, fear, uncertainty, and despair? We're Andrea Burke and Lori Ferguson Wilbert, and we want to talk through some of these counterfeit gospels American women believe today. We invite a guest each week to talk about beauty trends, diet culture, social media, clean living fads, singleness, dating, friendship, and more. We've been changed by the reality that in Christ, we truly are good enough for this never enough world. We also believe it's God and God alone who approves us, who called humans good when he created us and is himself enough. This is Good Enough. Hey guys, welcome to the Good Enough Podcast. We're super excited to get this thing off the ground and get it into your ears. Um, That sounds awkward. I know. (laughs) It is what it is. We should just get people ready now for the the awkwardness to come. Yes. If we can handle it now, then we're good. Yeah, so I'm Andrea Burke. I'm the Director of Women's Ministry at Grace Road Church in Rochester, New York. And uh, Lori and I have known each other for 20 years. So, which is crazy. I don't feel old enough to have known you for 20 years. I know. Or anyone for 20 years, which <laughs> is funny because I'm 38. So, I've known some people for 38 years. It's true. Yeah, this is very true. So, yeah, What's we're your first uh, memory of meeting. Um, okay, the first memory I have of you, I was thinking about this because um I know one of my first memories of you, and I know this is, it is really one of my first memories of you is sitting on the steps of that porch of the house we shared, of the house we shared. Lori and I lived together for a season in this house of, of girls in Northern New York. And, um, we sat on the steps and we had a little conversation about a guy that we were both interested in who neither of us ended up with. So it worked out, but that's one of my first memories of you. Isn't that weird? It is weird because we'd already been living together probably <laughs> like, and working together for a long time before why, that. Why don't I have a memory of you before that? I, I don't know. We were both going through traumatic seasons of life. My first memory, I think you were still in high school in this memory. I'm not, I mean, probably you were, but you had fiery red hair and it was in two braids and you had this knit cap on and I think it was snowing and I think we were down in the Catskills and... I think it was at a Stewart's and we were eating ice cream in winter. I'm not sure why. It sounds like the beginning of a really emo young adult novel. Not going to lie. Which I would say that's accurate. (laughs) An accurate portrayal of the first 10 years of our friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Lori, actually, I lived in Texas for a while. And if any of you have followed my story, it's a long and winding road that led me to Texas. Um, Lori ended up coming down and uh, that's kind of when you decided to move to Texas, right? When you came to visit Kicking that one and time. Screaming. Yeah. Kicking and screaming. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was actually in the middle of just my life imploding on itself because of a lot of terrible decisions that I had made and different things and things that had happened. And um, I was wanting to go back to the village church where I had gone through church discipline and wanted to seek restoration and Lori was the one who drove me. She drove me in her car and dealt with my like hyperventilating in the parking lot because I was so scared. 
Um, and that's really kind of a pivotal moment of my life that you were there for. No, yeah. You witnessed a very, very pivotal moment of my story. I remember it was my birthday. It was December 8th um, in that moment. And uh, I still, when I look back at my birthdays in my entire life, it still is like the sweetest birthday that I can remember. Um, Cause it was at the end of like a really hard season for me too. I kind of walked through a pretty severe season of doubt and uh, just kind of walked away from the church and the Lord and just really didn't want anything to do with what I understood the Lord to be and what I understood his goodness to be. And so getting to kind of start my re-entry into the church uh, with something like that was just so sweet and such an evidence of the lengths to which the Lord will go to, to reach us and to show us his love. And so, yeah, I always, Andrea is such a pivotal part. And I think in so many ways um, throughout our lives, I mean, we, either lived near one another or uh, worked with one another um, just through, you know, our early, our early twenties and those dramatic seasons and then just some other dramatic seasons of life. And I think I actually introduced your husband to you, which is still crazy. I think about it when he came, he was down like boar hunting or something in Texas. I can't remember. And family events in town. Yeah. 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 And I think came to my house for dinner. We had been friends from New York and that's when you guys met. So just like so many sweet, like, uh, interactions and juxtapositions of, of our lives over, um, the past 20 years that was just really been a gift. Kept in touch. We are obviously now thousands of miles apart from one another. We kept in touch. And I think one thing that we've always kind of had is this thread between the two of us of like-mindedness and, um, just understanding. And so a lot of these cultural conversations that we're going to get into with good enough podcast, um, like we'd reach out to each other or I'd text you and be like, what in the world is going on? And that's kind of where this idea started. We, we were texting and talking about some of the things we were seeing in our own circles of conversation and even just broad cultural conversation and saying, how do we address this? How do we talk about this within our own circles as women, as believers? Um, and then kind of, we both were like, Hey, what if we did a podcast? And here we are kind of here crazy. We are. Yeah. I was saying to Andrea before we started, uh, she's so much more comfortable behind a mic. Not everyone knows this about Andrea, but she has a phenomenal voice. This very, very talented musically. And, um, mm. that was my first sort of introduction to her was her musicality. And so she's very comfortable behind a microphone. I'm a little bit less, co- she's also blushing right now. I which am. I'm not sure why <laughs> I was going to say I'm blushing. No one will ever know though, because we're not going to release these videos. Oh, you know, what's uh, another fun little experience that we've had together is that I did the photography for your first album. Did That's you- right. Do you remember that one? Yes. Kiss the sun. Yes. Way back in the day. Anyway, so yeah, yeah we're excited. You, no, the thing is now we're going to have to bleep that out because someone is going to Google that and find some music yeah. that I do not want out there. Y'all should Google Kiss the do Sun. Don't it's, Google it. It's a fun I, album. I want to like you, but if you go and Google that, you're going to make me make some choices. <laughs> <laughs> um, my loyalties. So Andrea, as we like think through 
all these things around just good kind of our tagline is finding the good in a never enough world and i think both of both of us have many seasons and times in our lives felt like uh man i'm just never enough as a daughter i'm never enough as a sister i'm never enough as a friend um uh i'm never enough as a graphic designer we both were graphic designers for a while uh writers we're both kind of in that world um what are some areas where you've specifically seen that sort of not feeling like enough? Um, and then the sort of the empty cisterns you've run to. Oh yeah. To feel like enough. Well, for starters, probably my weight, I've just always struggled with my weight. And so I think that's probably number one, my whole life feeling like a, just a failure. Cause I couldn't meet that standard of expectation. Um, and then also in my personal life, I have a really messy testimony. Um, for a, a good chunk of time there. And I have really struggled with feeling like um, that disqualifies me, especially um, since I've written about it so publicly and people know about it. And so I do get a lot of those, wow, it's amazing that God's using you um, in spite of all the things that you've done. And, and that kind of that reminder of, oh, yep, I'm, I am not going to measure up to human expectations of what I should be. Um, and then even just that deep innate sense, you know, even when everyone thinks you're like knocking it out of the park, there's always kind of that low key sense of, I know I'm not, I know who I am in my heart of hearts. I know, I mean, not really, I guess the Lord is the one who really <laughs> fully knows, but I know the awful things I think and believe or say or, or do or whatever, um, and cause, so even if other people are like, yeah, she's great. I know. I just, I, that sense of, uh, I'm just not measuring up. What about you? I, do you struggle with that? No, not at all. <laughs> great. I always feel like enough of everything. Uh, no, I, I resonate for sure with that. I think, um, yeah, I think the world standard of what beautiful is has always been a struggle for me and just feeling like, man, I'm just, I don't look like those girls. Um, comparison is a big one. Um, I think self-care, just uh, understanding to take care of, my, understanding how to take care of my body as a steward and not treating my body like an idol or a god, has been an area where I've never felt like enough. Um, and j- yeah, learning. Um, I think growing up in the church, sort of um, placing different struggles on different tiers, and so like some struggles were like worse than others or some struggles really needed the gospel and other struggles, you know, didn't need as much of it. And, um, some accusations from the enemy were true and some, um, just weren't true. And I remember, uh, my pastor here saying a a few years ago, uh, whenever the enemy comes and accuses me of, you know, this litany of things, I say, yep, you're right. Like you're right about them all. And, but Jesus and I think that's been just a helpful reminder to me when I look at all the ways that I feel like I'm never enough, the ways that I feel like I fall short, um, to just recognize, oh, I actually am not enough. I actually do fall short and praise God for the gospel. Praise God for Jesus, because without him, um, I would, I would be falling short. I wouldn't be enough. Um, and yet there's also this like, really beautiful truth. I think that the Bible is that the gospel also sets us free to recognize that in Christ we are sufficient. And so, um, 
Christ, when, when, when the father looks at us, he doesn't see us, he sees Christ. And so we are, we are approved before God. And that is this difficult tension to walk in of just the recognition of my sin and my brokenness and the full covering of, of Christ's sacrifice over my life, um, will present me perfect. Uh, So does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Totally. And I, I see this affecting women in the church at large, um, with, um, just the women that I'm working with on a regular basis. Um, I think that everyone wants to find their enoughness and sufficiency in Christ, but practically it's not happening. Um, or they want it to happen. They just don't know how, like, how do I actually take this sufficiency in Christ and have it translate to my day-to-day life. Um, and I think it's hard because the messages, I, I know we've talked about this, the messages that women are receiving is like, they're like, oh, you are enough. And then it's coupled immediately with, but buy this product or yeah. do this diet or eat this way or take care of yourself in this way or go here or work this way or be this kind of mom and, and be this kind of wife or sister or friend. So it's always like, Jesus plus, but it's not Jesus plus in the world. It's like, you're enough. You, you plus all these things. Um, and that I can see how that is just so frustrating in my own life. Um, sort of the places that I've run to, to just kind of believe the message that I'm enough and also still not feel it. So I'm just running to empty places to, to sort of salve that over. And that is just as broken. Yes. Yeah, I think I, I struggle with that too, going to the world's answers and thinking that I can take the world's solution and put it over my life and then, you know, go back into my my Christian bubble and say, okay, I've got the answers now. Um, instead of going to the Lord who really does have an answer for every single thing we want to, we need. Um, he didn't create us with a need or a desire that he himself can't fulfill. And I think we start to think that, um, yeah, he takes care of my eternal salvation, but what about the way I feel about my body? What about the number on the scale? Or what about um, my friendships or my work and my vocation? So yeah, he takes care of me spiritually, but then I have to deal with my whole world by, um, you know, by myself. But really, I mean, it's no different than Paul saying to the Galatians, like, you foolish Galatians, <laughs> like, you know, what, what made you think that you, you didn't need to stay in the spirit and continue that work? That's how you were saved. That's how he's going to sustain you. I don't know. I think that's, I think we start to forget that. Yeah. I think that that, to be honest, I think part of it is because we forget that very small thing, which is not a small thing at all, but that, that, uh, the voice of the spirit inside of us, so much of the messages that we, so many of the fixes that we run to are because we aren't just stilling and we're not letting ourselves deal with our restlessness. We're just kind of trying to plug everything with a fix. And so we're not listening to the spirit's voice, not listening and paying attention to the word of God and what the word of God says about all these things for life and godliness. Um, Well, I think the world has things that sound true, which is what makes it confusing. And so give me an example of that. Yeah. So we'll go on Instagram and see something like, um, you deserve someone who loves you and values you and treats you like a princess and never abandons you. And we'll go, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds sure. That sounds good. Like, yeah, we, we don't want to be mistreated. We want to be respected. Like that's, I want to hold on to that. Um, 
but you hold that up against a healthy marriage and that falls apart real fast. Um, you know, that what it starts to do is we don't realize it turns the object of glory onto someone besides the Lord. Now, can the Lord, does he abandon us? No. Can he keep us and hold us and give us our value? Absolutely. But as soon as we start to say, you know, first you deserve by what standards, you know, we start going through that. Um, and then what happens when he doesn't lay down his life for you anymore? And he decides that he's going to do something else and, it doesn't look like continual, perpetual, forever self-sacrifice. Then you start to have this standard that we're getting from the world. And we say, well, wait, this doesn't fit. What am I supposed to do with this? But the problem is, is that we we're getting the information from the world, which sounds good. And there might be enough truth in it that we go, yeah, okay, I can, I can get on board with that. But it's not rooted in scripture. And it's not rooted in truth and it makes a human or a desire or a goal, the ultimate thing instead of the Lord. Yeah. And I think I am sort of placing that over some of these other issues that we're seeing. So things like diet culture, um, just this idea that we can, we sort of laud the body as temple and we forget that, um, or we, we, we talk about the body as temple, but we treat the body as idol um, and or self-care, things like that. We treat the body or we talk about the body as a temple caring for the, for the body. But the way that it actually works out in our lives is that we're idolizing um, the bodies of other people. We're idolizing the beauty of other people. We're idolizing the time that someone might have to spend caring for their body or dieting or exercising instead of living within the constraints and the boundaries of the, the body that God has given us to steward, to care for, and to, um, to lay down in worship of him. Uh, we're, we're just looking out instead of looking in, into the spirit, in, down to the word of God. And, um, and really just to the constraint, I think about Psalm 16, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Like my most immediate boundary line is my skin, my body. And um, if I'm not living within that, but I'm trying to like live into someone else's marriage or into someone else's family or into someone else's body or someone else's time, um, I'm going to be confused. I'm going to be frustrated. Um, and I'm ultimately just going to be, it's ultimately going to lead to, to fear, anxiety, um, and other, and other outcomes. Now, side note, you have a book coming out next year. I know that's not why you're doing this, but uh, she has a book coming out in February, 2020, Handle yeah, with February. Care. Yeah. Um, are you going to be talking about that a little bit about like our body and um, some of those things that you were just talking about in your book? Yeah, I had to be really careful as I was writing um, because the, the book is about touch. It's about um, how do we interact with the world? How did Jesus interact with the world with his hands and touching people? Um, and how do we learn from Jesus? But I had to be really careful to not sort of fall too much into talking about the body because I found myself so drawn to that subject um, as much as I wanted to talk about touch. Um, but yeah, I do talk about the body pretty extensively in the book. Um because I, I think so much of the church today is we, we sort of, I'm going to use the word dismember uh, our bodies from our minds, from our spirits, from our hearts. We kind of want to sort of find a fix for each one of those, but we don't want to find a holistic mm. uh, path forward in, 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 in any of those ways. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and in line with that, as far as this podcast, we don't want to just do 
behavior modification because no. that would be one avenue. That would be just your, you know, actions. actions. We want to address how do we call women who are believers to live differently, um, a call to holiness propelled by the gospel, fueled by the sufficiency of Christ to the end, sustained to the end, um, held guiltless. How do we as women then live out a life that reflects that, um, not just in changing our actions, but really addressing those deep, deep roots of our hearts. And so we hope that we can get to that in the podcast. We hope we can do some of the, hey, here's the problem. Um, here's the root that might be underneath the problem. And here's how the gospel just goes after it. We really want to do that with this, with this yeah. what we're doing. And to not leave listeners kind of wanting at the end, we want to give them a weekly challenge of how can we not just behavior modifications, but how can you take what you're learning and really make that practical in your day-to-day life? Um, yeah, Andrew, what are that, some- yeah, we hope that you interact with us on that too. Like we'd, we'd love to hear how, how you're working those things out and let us know so we can be encouraged and we can encourage you because we're, we're in this with you. We're not coming at this from the experts who have all of this figured out. In fact, I think quite a, a few of these podcasts are going to be us kind of laying our, mm-hmm. our sin bare and saying, hey, I don't know the quick fix to this, but I know that Jesus is the answer. And so we're going to be real honest and vulnerable with you. Um, but we want, we want to kind of invite you to come do this with us. What does it look like to say that God is good and that's enough? You know, how do we, how do we work that out in our lives? Yeah. Hey, what are um, some of the the episodes that you're most excited about in the, we've, we've kind of got 15 or 16 subjects that we'll be doing. What are some of the, what are a few that you're excited about? I think I'm excited to talk about um, diet and um, beauty. I think will be a good one to, to go after because I think those are really hot button issues. But I'm also excited to talk about things that we we don't talk about much as women as far as like um, our work and vocation and um, our emotions and our feelings, <laughs> things that we we don't talk about a ton, but everyone deals with um, friendships and and how we interact with one another. I, I'm I'm looking forward to talking about the things that aren't the obvious ones. We'll go after the obvious ones, but I think that we'll unpack a lot when we get to some of those um, ones that are a little more on the fringe, a little more complex, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, digging into those will be fun. What about you? Uh, I'm really excited to talk about the self-care one. That was actually a big part of one of the chapters in my book. It's actually the chapter everyone strangely wants to hear about when I mention the book is the the chapter on self-touch. And uh, I spent a, a good portion of that chapter talking about self-care um, and just the ways that we touch our own body and caring it, caring for it as a temple and not an idol. So I'm excited about that one. Um, I'm excited to talk about sort of the clean living fads. So like not using toxic products, quote, I'm using air quotes right now. Uh, so what does it look like to just live in the world in which we inhabit and uh, to sort of bang up against opinions about these things, to bang up against thoughts about sort of clean food, quote, clean food, and um, and to, but yet to live in the world in which we're living. I'm also, I'm, I'm really strangely excited about this one, uh, how we talk about guys. So we have one coming up on friendship with guys, but also one that we want to talk about how we talk about men in our lives. Um, Cause I think oftentimes we can be sort of discipled, especially by the world, by, by shows, by podcasts, by Instagram, social media. And so 
I am really excited about that one as well. And I think there's one of these, I think that our uh, husbands will join us on. Uh, is it the one on marriage? Yeah, marriage. We're going to bring our husbands on and well, that will be interesting. It will be interesting because <laughs> they're both, they're both a little, they, I think they're both like really capable of talking and they're both brilliant men. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also a little bit shy, both of them. So yeah. And Jed measures his words. Well, I don't know about Nate, but oh yeah. Very slow. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. We'll, we'll just have to make sure we don't just keep on talking. Cause we're like, you've got to say something. <laughs> I will we'll have lots of questions for them. And we have some good guests coming, which I'm really excited about. We, one of our goals was to not get just to think who's famous. We didn't want to do that. We wanted to ask who's faithful. Who are we mm-hmm. seeing living this out faithfully right now? So people like Kelsey Hensey, Becky Wilson, um, uh, my lead pastor from Grace Road, Kevin Maloney is coming on the podcast. We have um, a few others, uh, Lauren Chandler, um, Jasmine Holmes, Lori, who else do we have coming on? Oh, goodness. You just put me on the spot. Who I else did. do we have coming on? Uh, Nikki Lawrence. She's a deacon at my church and she is single. So she'll be coming on our singleness one. Um, who else? Uh, Jessica Thompson will be talking with us on friendship with guys. Uh, I don't, I don't know who else. I don't have that right in front of me, but yeah, I'm excited about that. We'll give you a heads up so you can see them and follow them and get to know them a little bit. So I'm super excited about all the people we have coming on. I think we're going to have a good conversation and, um, it is going to be more like a conversation. We, we're not doing direct interviews, so we're not bringing on people and just asking them questions. We're kind of inviting them into this conversation and um, hopefully get a lot of good unfiltered thoughts from people. So, I think it's also maybe important to mention that we have, um, I think we have 14 or 15 subjects that we would like to talk through. Um, we do not want this to be a podcast that sort of goes on endlessly. However, we do want to be open to the spirit. And so if there's another, uh, sort of subject that kind of hits us over the head in the process, we want to be obedient to, to do another episode on that. So, um, we're saying, I think we're saying like 16 episodes, but who knows where that might ultimately land. Um, yeah. Yeah, anything know, else? yeah. One other thing too, that we wanted to mention was, uh, we would encourage you to connect with women at your local church to talk about some of these things. So we don't want to just be a, a resource that doesn't help you connect with other women about these things. Obviously we can't sit down with you face to face over a cup of coffee and have these conversations. Um, but you can do that with women in your local church. And so I would say connect with some women and talk with the women who are in leadership at your church and get a conversation going in your small group and do some of these challenges together. Encourage one another in these things. We really need each other as the body to live these things out. Um, and, and you can do it on your own, but you will have find more freedom and joy when you have other people reminding you that God is good and in him you are enough and sufficient to do the things he's called you to do. Yeah, I think one of the enemy's greatest ploys is to isolate us. And I think especially around these things, especially some of these things that are super personal things or feel like personal things um, around like the home or the body, uh, it can be really tempting to just, we can, we can just absorb, be information absorbers and feel really alone in them. And so I think as an example, yesterday I shared on Instagram I wrote, I wrote a post on Facebook just about some of the journey that the Lord's brought me on concerning diet culture and uh, how I'm kind of opting out of 
out of those, those spaces. I'm unfollowing voices that are telling me, you know, do this diet or eat this way or do this thing. Um, and then just some other things that the Lord's teaching me about his sovereignty over my body. And, uh, people have come out of the woodwork. The amount of messages I've gotten on this subject is just, it's sort of astronomical to me. Um, and also not at all surprising, I think, because when we talk about difficult things and we talk about the ways that God is challenging us and convicting us and changing us, I think, you know, Lewis famously said, you know, friendship is when you say something and someone says me too. And I think that there's a real freedom in being able to say, Hey, I struggle with that too. And I have, I don't have that figured out either. And so what Andrea is saying is so important and, and it's not just important for you to hear that from us. Like, for for you to hear from me, I struggle with this thing. It's important for you to hear it from the people in your local church, uh, in your local community. So I just really encourage you. Um, something that I'm doing with some women, the women in my home group, um, my husband and I lead a home group here, and we're going to do a, a weekend women's retreat on the body in a few weeks. Uh, we've got some women with some health issues in our home group and. Um, just, we would just want to look at what the word of God says about the body. And it's nothing that we're going to be publicizing. We're not going to be sharing the curriculum with anyone. Um, we're just going to sit down our group of women, you know, 10 of us and just talk through these issues in a, in a vulnerable way, hopefully, um, you know, prayerful way. And then to spend time with one another, one of the, the core aspects of this retreat we're going to do is just to spend time praying over mm-hmm. the body. Mm-hmm. to pray over, to, to learn how to pray over our own bodies, to pray over one another's bodies. And so I think making a space for that is really important. And we would be remiss if we pretended that the only spaces these conversations happen um, is on this podcast between the two of us is between these podcasts. podcasts. Um, the two of us are having these conversations with women in our lives and men in our lives as well. I think it's important. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking with these things talking about these things with um, the guys I'm on staff with, with my husband. Um, and then I do like at our women's ministry, we have things I'm doing a monthly, um, we call it wool and flax based out of Proverbs 31, 13, where she seeks wool and flax and she works with willing hands. And we've asked ourselves, what are the things we're called to do that are ordinary and right in front, in front of us? And what keeps us from working on those things willingly with delight? And it's a lot of this stuff. It's a lot of this stuff that we think, that we just put on all of these different things and we need to go back to the Lord and ask him what he says about these things first. And so, yeah, we're doing that as our women too. And we're talking about it. We're praying for one another. We're trying to dig up the root of a lot of these things instead of, instead of just talking about the surface issues um, because the root really is really the more revealing part. And it's sometimes even more surprising than you anticipate to get to the root and realize, whoa, I didn't realize that was at the core, this unbelief or this idol or this fear, whatever it might be, this was at the core of all of these actions. And so we don't want to just, we want to talk about the actions for sure, but we also want to just let the Lord expose those things at the root. And so, um, speaking of which, is there, as you think through any of these issues, is there one issue you mentioned before, like the body diet things, you don't have to, to expound on that one, but is there one where you, um, you in your own life have seen the root and the Lord has just been so gracious to you in revealing the root of this pursuit of your heart. And, um, and now you're able to see fruit of just faithfulness and pulling those weeds. 
Yeah, for sure. I think, um, goodness, I think for me, some of the roots he's shown me are um, the way I respond to things that should be maybe gauges for where I'm putting my trust. Um, for example, if I have a fear of something or if I'm feeling insecure, um, really what I've tended to do in the past is to say um, that thing that I feel or see is true. Therefore, I'm going to follow that with my emotions and my reactions in, in that direction and obey that feeling um, versus identifying a moment of insecurity or a feeling really feeling disqualified or feeling um, fearful because I've struggled with fear and really then asking the Lord, what does this reveal about my heart before you? Um, and he's really been faithful to show me uh, issues of trust or disbelief or doubt or, um, and not that they make the thing go away, but it reminds me of where I'm putting my gaze and where I'm looking mm -hmm. at and what I'm meditating on and what I'm thinking on going from moving forward from there. Um, I don't know if this is making any sense. No, it totally just, is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if I look in the mirror, for example, and I say, I'm going to use this as like a really common experience. I look in the mirror and I say, man, I don't have the latest clothes. I'm not the size I want to be. Um, you know, whatever my hair or my eyebrows or my, whatever it is that I'm measuring when I'm looking in the mirror. Um, I can either look at that as a truth that I then have to adjust all of my expectations to, or I look at it as what the Lord is saying, like, hey, okay, warning sign, you are not rooted in me right now. Your identity is not in me right now. And then I have to literally preach the gospel to myself and remind myself of what's true. Now, that doesn't mean that I, I you know, don't take care of myself, but it re redirects my gaze onto what I should be looking at instead of what I am dwelling on. Um, but I mean, going after the roots can be a, a long process. I told my ladies a story that when I'm gardening and I was going after the root of a trumpet vine, have you ever tried to dig yes. a trumpet vine? It's impossible. It's impossible because you start digging in like what you think is going to be a three inch diameter ends up being this monster of a root that you cannot find the bottom of. And I told them the story of the one day last summer when I was trying to dig out the root and I just had a, a shovel and I was stabbing it with just like over and over and over again in desperation. Like people have said they poured bleach on the roots. Like I've got to do something to get this out of there. Um, and I think sometimes we think I'm going to go after the root and I'm going to rip it out and that's going to be the end of it. But sometimes God just says, hey, here's the root. Um, here's my word. Here's a shovel. Let's start killing that thing. And it might take a long time. It might mm -hmm. be my whole life of going back to that same root, that same thing that I'm like, I cannot believe this is still something I'm struggling with. Um, but it's popping up in all these different areas and I'm seeing, oh, it's still there. It's still alive. I have to go after it. Um, and, and that's just the faithful work of the spirit in my heart. And it can get frustrating, you know, like be like, can I, am I, am I 30? What am I? Uh, 36 years old. Am I still struggling with this thing? But the Lord is faithful to help me to continue to fight it. So, yeah, there were, my husband and I have a saying in our house. Uh, we have actually a, a framed print of this. It says faithfulness or fidelity to the word of God and not to an outcome. And I think for me, um, I, I kind of, I want peace with relationships. I want peace with, um, 
situations. And so I can kind of work toward an outcome all the time. And the Lord has just so disciplined me in just understanding, hey, your faithfulness is to me alone. And he does that by um, pushing, bringing people into my life who push on boundaries. He or, or people who rightfully push on boundaries that I have that are not good boundaries. Um, I can tend to be someone who just sets up all kinds of like boundaries for everything. And so the Lord is just constantly pressing on these spaces that I, um, I think, well, I'm going to set this here because I want this to be the outcome. And he's saying, um, you don't get to be faithful to an outcome. The only outcome you get to be faithful to is to my glory and my good. And, um, and so you got to be faithful to me. And that's, I think, I mean, I just think that that is, like you said, a lifelong struggle um, for all of us. And so that is for sure something that we're going to try. And obviously we won't get to the root of every person's issues because this is only, this will only be three of us on each, on each episode or so. And so we can't possibly know what the root of everyone's pursuit is in each of these areas, but we, we definitely want to talk through some of them and, and try to get to the bottom of of them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else? I can't think of anything else. I think, uh, yeah. Was that good? I think it was, it was good enough. Good enough is a podcast for women by Andrea Burke and Lori Ferguson Wilbert. We've been friends for almost 20 years and we've watched one another grow fall and be formed by both the world and the Lord. There have been times when we felt swallowed by the feeling of being never enough as women, Christians, singles, wives, and mothers. And we've watched the same happen to our sisters in Christ. The message to many women facing the feeling of being never enough is that they are enough. Mantras like you are enough are in plenty, but they're always followed by but. You're enough, but buy this clean product. You're enough, but do this diet, do this exercise program. Your marriage needs this. Your parenting needs this. Your dating life needs this. But all these messages ultimately still lead to anxiety, fear, uncertainty, and despair. They're eventually found to become what the Bible calls empty cisterns, places we come to seeking refreshment, but ultimately find dry. We care about these subjects, and we care about women, and we believe God is the author of all truth, goodness, and beauty. We know the enemy's greatest delight is to take what's true from God and twist it just enough that it hurts God's people. So we want to talk through some of these counterfeits and see where the seemingly good intentions about them veer off from God's best intentions about them. We believe it's possible to find the good in this world where we all feel like never enough. But we also believe it's God and God alone who approves us, who called humans good when he created us and is himself enough.